Welcome to Strange Shenanigans in a world where they've canceled People of Earth Ugh. and Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, but for some reason we still have to put up with the goddamn Kardashians. It never ends. This is Strange Shenanigans with Ashley and Stan. What are we talking about today, Ashley? Folklore tales. We got folklore tales of animals. Yes. So I've got some pigs and seals. Pigs and seals? Yeah, I think they go together, don't they? <laughs> right? One's like the pig of the sea. Ha! Pig of the sea! I've got a whole bunch here. Ranging from New Jersey. New Jersey. Lake Champlain. All over the place. Yeah. I went out of country. You went out of country? That's cool. Yeah. So I went to Ireland and Scotland. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of got out of our comfort waters. Cool. Comfort waters. Like Lake yeah. Champlain. Yeah. I uh, did that on purpose. What? Well, on that note, we're going to start with Lake Champlain with the mysterious and elusive champ, the Nessie of North America. So... Champ is a reputed lake monster that is said to be living in Lake Champlain. Aren't they all? Right. There's been a reported 300 sightings. It is uh, attributed that the French cartographer Samuel de Champlain was the first to see a 20-foot serpent thick as a barrel and a head like a horse. But that's bullshit. That was a quote made up by some other guy <laughs> later on. What he actually said was that there were large fish in Lake Champlain, referring to the muskies and the pikes. <laughs> that, yes, yeah, some of them are a couple feet long, and they are quite impressive by, you know, Frenchmen and Englishmen standards. But uh, it's not a 20-foot serpent <laughs> that's as thick as a barrel. Fish stories are like the OG of grainy cell phone pictures. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but don't you worry, just like Nessie, that is the only proof there is, is like a handful of grainy pictures that obviously are like floaties with things attached to them. Right, but Nessie's real. Nessie's real, sure. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, in 1819... Uh, report in the Plattsburgh Republican. Oh, I get that. Entitled Cape Ann Serpent on Lake Champlain, which it was originally called the Cape Ann Serpent, not Champ. <laughs> uh, we got lazy. Captain Crum, sighting an enormous serpent monster. Crum estimated the monster to have been about 187 feet long Ooh. and approximately 200 yards away from him. Despite the great distance, he claimed to have witnessed it being followed by two large sturgeon and a billfish, and was able to see that it had three teeth and eyes the color of peeled onions. He also described the monster as having a belt of red around its neck and a white star on its forehead. It is probably what? safe to say that Captain Crumb was probably balls deep in a barrel of liquor when he right? saw this what thing. What is this? <laughs> Another sighting in 1883 by Sheriff Nathan H. Mooney oh, claimed I know him. that he had seen the water serpent about 20 rods, the equivalent of 110 <laughs> yards in length. 
From where he was on shore, he claimed that he was so close that he could see round white spots inside its mouth. And the creature appeared to be about 25 to 30 feet in length. Mooney's sighting led to many more alleged eyewitnesses coming forward with their own accounts of champ. So one was a drunk sailor. Yep. And one was a drunk sheriff. That's who, the only way to hang out at Lake Champlain. <laughs> who accused drunk. Nessie, or the champ, I guess, the American Nessie of having strep throat. The only time I've been on Lake Champlain, I was in a leaky rowboat with my brother and a bottle of booze hiding from my parents. That's we the way were, to live life. We, we were literally <laughs> sinking into Lake Champlain. <laughs> To have a couple of shots of some backwater, <laughs> back of the cupboard whiskey we found oh, in our Lord. grandparents' camp. Needless to say, it did not go well. And did you see Champ that night? I did not. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like we're basing everything we know of a Champ Off on of... two drunkards. Well, no, it says there's 300 plus other sightings, but... I mean, if they're anything like these ones, it's not very viable. Poor champ. Right. I do believe there is, there's probably like a ginormous creature in Lake Champlain. It could be. I mean, not champ, but maybe like a really big fish, like a big. I would imagine there's probably a muskie that that. There's probably that some huge reaches some abnormally gigantic sizes. And it's like it's like big fish. You can't catch them. Yeah. And if you do, you're just like, oh wow. I caught him. Now what? And you just let him go free. So I didn't know this next one even was, was, uh, you know, a folklore creature until uh, what we do in the shadows. Oh, the Jersey Devil. The Jersey, the Jersey Devil. Devil is a real tale. Yeah. So the Jersey Devil is a legendary creature that's uh, said to wander the New Jersey Pine Barrens in southern New Jersey. Uh, it's Often described as flying biped with hooves, but there are many different variations. Most common description is kangaroo-like creature with the face of a horse, the head of a dog, and leathery bat wings, horns, small arms, and clawed hands. And a really big ding-dong. And a forked tail. That's, that's, that's not in here. <laughs> that's just the TV show. It is said to let out a blood-curdling scream, right? So, the legend of this is... Uh, after researching this, is uh, it's definitely like political sniping. It has nothing to do with any Politi reality Why is whatsoever. It political. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you. All right. The legend is, is of a woman named Mother Leeds gave birth to her 13 child on a dark oh. and stormy night. Mother Leeds is said to be a witch, and as her her 13th child, as soon as it was is born, it grew wings and hooves. Killed the midwife and took off into the night. So what could Mother Leeds read? Is that why she was a no, witch? No, no, <laughs> no. This this is the worst type of political sniping. They're not going after the woman. They were going after him by going after his woman. So in the 17th century, English Quakers established settlements in southern New Jersey in the region of the Pine Barrens. Daniel Leeds, a Quaker and a prominent person in pre-revolutionary colonial history, became ostracized by his congregation for uh, believing in witchcraft. Do you want to know why they said he believed in witchcraft? Why did he believe in witchcraft? Because he wrote almanacs. 
So, at first, he was. They, they told him it was pagan and blasphemous, and he's almanacs. At, yeah, almanacs. Like because because like it, it, not maps. It, they're calendars based off of right. based off of the environment. So it's pagan. So they tried to censor him, but instead he's like, "Yeah, screw you! I'm going to print more almanacs." Like like the farmers, yeah, with the so, weather and the maps and how to plate things. So and... uh, they uh the they said he was it, it was anti Quaker theology. <laughs> what? Uh, he was anti monarchistic because they believed that the crown should still rule in New Jersey, and uh. They subsequently said that he was evil, and that all leads was evil because of him. Uh, That's the craziest thing. Yeah. Uh, so it was literally religious and political denigration, is what it was. So, oh, <laughs> the story I'm positive comes, it comes into play after this guy. So. The story is to besmirch his name for all the good Quakers out By there. By making up a witch story. There have been many claims of sightings of the Jersey Devil, though. And are they all sober? We'll, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> uh, while visiting Hanover Millworks to inspect cannonballs, Commodore Stephen DeClure sighted Ooh. a flying creature and fired a cannonball directly at it. To no effect. Well, yeah. Joseph Bonaparte, elder brother of Napoleon, also <laughs> claimed to have seen the Jersey Devil while hunting on his Borderton estate in 1820. In 1840, the Jersey Devil was uh, blamed for several livestock killings. Similar attacks were reported in 1841, accompanied by tracks and screams. You know what else? Screams? Fucking mountain lions. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in Greenwich Township, in December 1925, a local farmer shot at an unidentified animal as it attempted to steal his chickens. He then photographed the corpse. Afterwards, he claimed that none of the hundred people he'd showed it to could testify to it or identify it. Because it was a fox? Okay. No. Because he had stapled a bunch of animals together. <laughs> and it wasn't real. Just made his own thing. Uh, in the same year, uh, uh, the merchants around uh, Camden offered a $10,000 reward for the capture of the Jersey Devil, <laughs> even offering to build a private zoo to house the creature if it was captured. There was a big wave of sightings in 1909. Um, <laughs> well, I'm sure. During the the week of January 16th to the 23rd, 1909, newspapers published hundreds of claimed encounters with the Jersey Devil all over South Jersey, the Philadelphia area, <laughs> and a bunch of other places. Um, police in Camden and Bristol, Pennsylvania, supposedly fired at it. Um, other reports were unidentified prints in the snow... Sightings of creatures that resembled it. Um, they whipped the public into such a huge frenzy that once again, uh, the Philadelphia Zoo posted a $10,000 reward for the capture of the creature. 
which prompted a ton of hoaxes, including a kangaroo equipped with artificial claws and bat wings. Well, I'd go to the zoo to see that. So, yeah, that's the Jersey Devil. Now, uh, this one I'd never heard of. Uh, I didn't find very much on it either. So if anybody's out there listening who knows about it, uh, you should contact us and help us fill in the gaps. Yeah, we're on Twitter. This is Old Black Eyes is a spectral hound said to frequent an area known as the Baker Rocks, located near the top of the Black Mountains of North Carolina. Uh, Old Black Eyes is said to be the spirit of Jim Baker, who lived at the Rocks and people thought was a witch with supernatural powers. Um, according to the legend, Jim performed some sort of ritual in an Indian cemetery near the Black Mountains where he sold his soul to the devil. Oh, always a bad idea. So the devil turned Baker's uh, eyes unnaturally black as a sign of their deal and hell's oh. claim on his soul. Upon his death, Baker was said to take the spirit of a devil dog identified by large black pupils of its eyes and the people feared to approach believing it was surrounded in black magic and was said the only way to get rid of old black eyes was to draw its picture pin it to a tree and shoot it with a gun that's a creepy way to get rid of right anything. but that's all i got on it I don't, I don't i don't know about sightings or anything i gotta old look more into that black one. Eyes. yeah that's a creepy one that's eerie right there mm-hmm. i don't like that you're up, I guess. I'm lady. up. All right. what, what do you got for us today? Well, I got some Irish, um, Irish and Scotland folk tales. Ooh. Yeah. So my first one I found is Tom Moore and the Seal Woman. You oh, know, oh. Walt those Seal Woman you meet walking yeah. on the pier, right. sitting on the dock of the bay. So, in Ireland, Tom Moore was a brave young man, and the legend says he was a good dancer and singer. He was often heard singing among the cliffs in the fields, and maybe that's how the seal woman found him. So Tom was alone in his house and decided that he needed a wife and was moping around the house. I need a wife. I need a woman. Someone to do my laundry. That's what they all say till they got one. (laughs) This is in the 1800s, but late 1800s, too. In in the 1890s. Um, One morning early, when he was at work, he saw the finest woman ever seen in that part of the Irish kingdom. Sitting on a rock, fast asleep. The tide was gone from the rocks, and Tom was curious to know who she was. So we walked toward the rock. Wake up! cried Tom to the woman. If the tide comes, it'll drown you. She raised her head and laughed at him. Tom then decided to leave her there. But he was, as he was going, he turned every so often to see if she was still there. When he came back, when he came back to his house, he tried to go back to work, but he just couldn't get her off his mind. He decided to go back to the beach to find her, and as the tide swept over the rock and cleared, she was no longer there. He spent the day cursing himself for not taking this woman from the rock when he believed it was God that sent her to him. He couldn't work anymore and decided to go home. As night fell, he couldn't sleep. He got up early and went to the rock 
and the woman was back, and he called to her. She didn't answer. So we went to the rock and said, as romantic Irish men will, You may as well come home with me now. And she didn't say anything. She was wearing a hood on her head, and he took it and said, I'll take this. And at that moment, she cried, Give back my hood, Tom Moore. And he said, Indeed, I will not, for it was God who sent you to me, and now that you have speech, I'm well satisfied, said no man ever. (laughs) (laughs) And took her by the arm and led her to the house. And the woman cooked breakfast, and they sat down together to eat it. So that's how Tom Moore met a seal woman. Very romantic story. He said, Now, in the name of God, you and I will go to the preacher and get married. For the neighbors around here are very watchful. They'd be talking. (laughs) So after breakfast, they went to the preacher, and Tom asked him to marry him. The preacher said, Where did you get the wife? And so Tom told him the whole story. And apparently the preacher believed him and said, I can marry you for five pounds. Tom paid him. He took the wife home with him, and she was a good woman as ever. She lived with Tom for seven years and had three sons and two daughters. Wow. So she was just popping out a kid every year. (laughs) A couple of seal pups. (laughs) (laughs) One day, Tom was plowing. And some part of the plow. Yeah, break. he was. Right? He got five kids in three years. <laughs> he thought there were bolts on the loft at home, so he climbed up to get him. He threw down bags and ropes while he was looking for the bolts. And what should he throw down but the hood he stole from his wife seven years ago. She saw it, picked it up before he could, and hit it. Then there was a great seal <clears throat> roaring at the sea. Ah, said Tom's wife, that's my brother looking for me. (laughs) Yep. Some men who are hunting had killed three seals on that very day. All the village people went down to the shore to look at the seals, and Tom's wife was one of them. But she began to cry, and she ran up to the dead seals. She spoke to each one, and then yelled out, The murderers! When all the village men saw her crying... They said, I guess we'll have nothing more to do with these seals. So they dug a great hole, and the three seals were put in it and covered. And they all left. But at night, the men gathered and said, It's a shame to bury those seals after all the trouble in hunting them. So they decided to go out and dig them up. But when they dug up, none of the seals were there. Then the next day, the big seal in the sea was roaring. Tom was at work, and his wife swept the house, put the whole house in order, washed the children, got them redressed. She took them one by one and gave them each a kiss. Then she went on the rock, put her hood on, and jumped. In that moment, the big seal in the sea roared so that people miles around could hear him. Tom's wife went away with the seal, swimming in the sea, And all five children she left had webs between their fingers and toes. (laughs) It is said the descendants of Tom Moore and the Seal Woman are still living in Ireland to this day. And they claim the webs are not yet gone from their fingers and toes. Though decreasing with each generation. 
<laughs> it's a good story to tell people if you got a weird wife who ditched you and all your kids ended up with women. Right? And I actually decided I was going to research Tom Moore and his descendants. And I don't know where they are. I can't <laughs> find them anywhere. It's all bullshit. Like, I tried to find them everywhere. But that led me to the Scottish and the seal woman. So there are two tales in Scotland concerning uh, this, the seal women. Yeah. Woman, I don't know if it's more than one. I don't know if it's a bunch of seals. Yeah. You know, I, maybe we'll know more when we research mermaids. Like one slutty seal. <laughs> There's a tale in Scotland about the clan of the Metcordrums. You know that clan, right? Yeah, right. Right? They were seals in the day, but men and women at night. Ooh. And... The Scottish apparently have a history that the McCudrums would never kill seals. And they have their own term in Gaelic that means they're the seal keepers. But I can't pronounce it in Gaelic. It's McClan Condrum Nenron. Yeah, that you sounds know. about right. Yeah. So the, the Scottish have their own version of, of people who keep of the seals and are yeah. seals... By day and people at night, which is the reverse of what I've ever heard. Yeah. I've never heard people being seals by day and people at night. Right. Normally it's the opposite. Do they go to do they go to work with their little kilts on and their pipe as seals and they're like <laughs> yeah, hey, seals, right? Let's get back to picking rocks and potatoes, guys. <laughs> so they have a tale about finding these seals on the rocks that are also women. Ooh. Yes. A long time ago, there was a fisherman in the western isles of the Macundrums. On one night, a young man named Neil went down to the spring where men were bringing their boats to land. Every man had a creel full of herring, and Neil was the last one to bring his boat up on the beach. All the other men had gone home to their wives. Neil was thinking that he was by himself. But he heard an unusual sound, women laughing. He went towards the sound and hid behind a rock. He saw seven young women, all naked. Yeah. They were dancing in a circle on the sand. When Neil saw something else in the corner, a pile of skins on a rock by the women. He understood that the women were selkies. Which means seal woman. Yes. When they were at sea, they were like other seals. But if they decided to come to land, they would have to take off their seal skins and appear to be women. Yeah. Weird. So Neil decided to go to the skin and he took hold of the first one and put it under his arm and tried to run. One of the women saw him, and they all ran to the rock and picked up their own skins and went to the sea. But do you think they helped their sister? No. No, didn't help their girl. She stood in front of Neil and said, will you give me my skin? Neil refused. He said, come with me. I shall give you new clothes. And she had no choice. They married under the moon, and Neil was very happy. But his new wife was quiet and always listened to the sound of the sea. And that was the end. That's the end of the Scottish tale. It's awful. Isn't it? She was a a selkie. He stole her skin and married her. 
Jeez. So, gentlemen, if you're single and need a woman, right? Take her skin <laughs> and trap her. You, you That's the way to do it. You, you don't need Tinder. You don't need plenty of fish. Nope. You just go down to the ocean, wait for the seals to come out, pull their skins off, and then steal and them. And voila, beautiful women. Yep, that's that's how it works, folks. But I think it's pretty cool that the Scottish actually have a name for these seal women. Mm-hmm. Selkies. That is cool. And they have a special word for the family of people that keep the seals. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty nice. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty, so, pretty cool. If you need another wife, go no, down to the shore. One's enough. <laughs> but I love how uh, how just bad some of these folk tales are to us poor ladies. Right? They're just Not so pleasant. mean. I'm going to take your hood girl and you're mine and you better <laughs> right? like it. That's all it took to. Oh, it's horrible. We've come a long way, ladies. So when you're on a bad date, just be glad he didn't take your clothes and you are forced to marry him and have five of his children in seven years. But you get him back when they all got webbed feet. <laughs> right? You got him one. <laughs> okay, everybody. This has been Strange Shenanigans with Stan. And Ashley. You can find us on Twitter at The Strange Show. You can also find us on Podbean, also under The Strange Show. And you can find us on Patreon if you want a t-shirt or an awesome bumper sticker. Or if you want to hear your name, like right now, I'd say your name. Yep. So uh, find us there. If you got any good folklore stories or you got more on old black eyes, we want to hear about it. So uh, get in contact with us. Find us on the Twitter. Yep. We'll listen. We'll be the only ones listening to you. Yeah, probably. And we're not robots. We are not. Everybody, that's it for us. See you on the strange side.